Can we talk about how much I love the smell of bourbon? We can. Whoa, my gosh. I poured myself so much. <laughs> Whoa, my gosh. Whoa, my gosh. Do you want to cheers? Yes. Yep, yep. Lots of things. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Calling AJ. Hi, this is Caitlin. And this is Emily. And we're the co-founders of ATX Television Festival. Every June, we bring the best of TV to Austin, Texas, for a -a one-of-a-kind, big-screen experience for the people who love TV with the people who make it. And you're listening to a special edition of the TV Campfire, an inside look at Season 8 of ATX TV Festival. Um, Well, this is a new thing for us to do. We're going to sit down and just sort of... Cappuccino, frothing the milk and all. Talk about the inside, outside. No more for me, thanks. I'm driving. <laughs> sort of behind the scenes making of, I don't know what phrase we're going to use, of the festival. So when we decided to do this inside of ATX podcast a couple of months ago, we didn't really know what was going to come out of it. We weren't really sure how much we were going to reveal or what we were going to talk about. And I feel that even though there are hours and hours of recording that would probably be very boring for listeners to listen to all of it, um, I feel that we have been very honest and very um, vulnerable with the things that we've gone through the past few months and what goes into creating this thing that we love so dearly, but also has its frustrations at times. Is there anything that recording these podcasts has revealed to you or that you've really learned from this process? I mean, our debate on Easter candy is, like, real high. It's it's unreleased information, guys, but we had a real deep dive (laughs) debate on Easter candy versus Halloween candy and then what the best Easter candy was because Easter candy won. Um, I'm kidding. We did have that debate, and there was a lot of bourbon involved. Yeah. Side tangent. Easter candy is my favorite holiday-themed candy. Okay, great. And it is Reese's. That's I mean, duh. Duh, right? Yeah. Uh, more than ha- Halloween needs to catch up. Well, Halloween just repackages normal candy in Halloween yeah. colors. It but, doesn't like do special Halloween candy. Like, it's great. I guess they do Reese's pumpkins. Yeah, but they're not as good as eggs. They're not. I don't know why. It's I don't know the same either. Shape, no, I don't know why. No, that's what I'm saying. Easter candy is my favorite themed candy. But, But, I mean, I think we kept calling this the experiment. We fell in love with podcasting last year, and I think this ended up being a very, I mean, regardless of what got released, which we have listened to and and I think is great, the process of actually recording and sitting here with you and getting to have a beat amidst all of the chaos because it's very easy to, like, have a day blink by or a week blink by. And so to take an hour at least every week to sit here has allowed me to get a lot more perspective and balance your favorite word. (laughs) Yesterday had a few minutes of come down where I feel like the process of coming out of the festival is always very different every year, and it's a mix of 
exhaustion and adrenaline release and these moments of real highs of, oh my gosh, this thing we just did and these moments of real low that come with any come down. And yesterday I was having a moment of trying to wrap my head around the emotions. Mm -hmm. And also, if you've been listening to the podcast, know that my grandfather died three weeks before the festival happened and there's still a lot of emotions to process with that. And I was trying to process some of them yesterday and really think about where I was emotionally coming out of the festival and the past, I mean, two months of my life and buying a house and a death of someone that I love dearly. And so I actually re-listened to the episode where we talked about it and where I had just gotten the news that he had died and everything that happened. My grandfather used to always be late into the actual church service because he was going around the entire church checking all the air conditioners. Um, and also going into the Sunday school classes and looking at the leftover donuts. So, <laughs> by the time he got to the church service, after it was like good 15, 20 minutes in, he had already <laughs> scoured the church to make sure the air was working properly and there were no leftover donuts that were going to waste. You know, my kind of man. Exactly. <laughs> Priorities. And it was so good for me to listen to because it helped me process what I'm going through right now, listening to what I was dealing with then Hmm. in a way of I needed those emotions to come back up in order to be able to deal with them. And it was, I was just sitting in my big blue chair in my living room, which is my first big purchase that I love dearly that I can swivel to look out the window. So drinking my coffee in my big blue chair, listening to that episode of the podcast really helped me in a way that I didn't know was going to. And I think for me personally, these six episodes of Inside ATX, especially going into next year, which is many, many months from now, I think will help me understand what's happening and reliving it and knowing what we're about to go into and really taking that moment. And so my hope is for anyone listening is that they also have gone on that ride with us Mm -hmm. because it is very truthful. And even though it's just a small snippet of what the past you know, three to six months have been, it really is what we go through and putting this thing together. And I think that it helps the community understand even more what we're trying to do at the festival. And I think that they can appreciate it in a different way. Kate, did you have a chance to see anything? Did you sit in any panels? Uh, None in full, for sure. I went in and out of and saw a fair bit But I did stand in the back with you and my parents to hear Felicia Rashad and Susan Kalechi Watson for our wordy, which was one of your great intros. Every year we try and find someone of whose career means something to us personally and whose career do we, uh, can you just see the evolution of and understand like where they started and how much that they have given to this community and to stories and really made an impact on so many of us. And so this year, we are extremely honored that Felicia Rashad has accepted this award. So Felicia, I'd love for you to come out. In the middle of it, I had this realization of like, take a moment right now. You're giving an award to Felicia Rashad. Yes, take this moment. And she came out and I handed it to her and I locked eyes with her. She has direct eye contact. Mm -hmm. And I was like, tell this woman what she meant to you growing up. (laughs) You... uh, 
have meant so much to us watching you from the time we were little and how much your TV career has meant to us personally and how much we grew up looking up to you and the strong characters that you've played and this amazing dynamic women that you have represented on TV and it has meant so much to us and we are extremely honored to have you here and just thank you from the bottom of our hearts for everything you've given to TV and the community and we are thrilled that you're here so thank you so much. We love having you here. It wasn't very long, but it was definitely a moment of like, this meant, like, this woman meant something to me when I was a child. And uh, this is a television icon that we're handing this award to. Like, take this second. It was poignant. And then we went around the side and to the back. And my parents, my mom was sitting on the floor in the aisle, and my dad was standing there. And it's funny as I got down and whispered to both of them, like, we used to watch. The Cosby Show every Friday night and eat pizza. It is a television memory for me amongst many in terms of watching this show and watching this woman be the embodiment of a strong, powerful, nurturing, kind, can't-do-it-all, can-do-it-all mm-hmm. person on television. And she meant so much to so many people. And here we are watching her have a conversation that, I mean, I only probably listened to 15 minutes of it. But, man, Susan was so great at making it. It felt like a zen moment. Yes. Like the whole yeah. thing was very calm and quiet and slow and measured and just extremely well-spoken. My objective as an actor has always been the same, and it is rooted in my understanding that human beings are much more alike than we could ever be different. So when I am approaching any role, I'm looking for the humanity in that character, in that person. I want to know that person's heart. I want to understand the things that the person does not say the things that the human being carries. And my objective has always been, through my work, to impart this understanding to people. So that if I never said this sentence to you, you would, you would understand it through my work. People are more alike than we could ever be different. I can't wait to hear that one in full because I think it might be like my mantra. (laughs) Uh, I think another panel that I didn't get to hear any of but did intro and then heard about the rest of the weekend was the mental health panel. You want to talk about your intro? Yes. (laughs) So also one where I – the big thing about that intro was I wanted – that was your and Jen's panel. Like, that was one that you guys had fought for for two years. It was one that you deeply cared about. And uh, because of things happening in the festival, neither one of you could be there to intro it. And so I went over, met all the panelists, then walking out on the stage at Trinity, seeing a packed audience. My mom was standing, and there was 10, oh. 15 people standing in the back. It was packed. They turned some people away from it, which doesn't happen very often in the best way. Mm-hmm. And getting up there and uh, starting to talk about the panel and the importance that we all felt about the panel, and then talking about how it was 
your you and Jen that fought so hard for it, I definitely choked up in the middle <laughs> of it and got very emotional because I was like, this is their panel. They should be here to at least see all of you and all audience. of you and this amazing these amazing panelists that are about to come out. And so I got emotional just you guys not being there and not mm-hmm. being a part of that. But then, man, the rest of the weekend, everyone kept talking about how great that panel was yeah. and how important it was. Yeah. Uh, I went to the uh, sex scenes panel yesterday and the mental health panel yesterday, uh, both of which were very engaging and interesting. Uh, My father was with me also, and he's a psychologist, uh, and he was really interested in the mental health panel. So we went together, uh, and it was just a fascinating topic to discuss. We've often wanted to hear from the people attending the festival, the man on the street interviews, that we, they are such a... They are the festival. It is them and this community that makes the festival so different. And so this year, our producer, AJ, wandered around talking to people about their experiences and if it was their first year or how many years they've been coming and what they had thought about different things. And so we thought we would share a little bit of what you had to say. This is my first year, so I'm excited. This is our fourth or fifth time. This is my first year. This is my second year. This is my seventh. It's my fifth. This is my seventh year at the festival. It gets better every year. I've had so much fun, and I've met so many people, and it's just, like, it's cool to, like, just talk about, just, like, to meet people for the very first time and immediately talk about, you know, just the things you both love and the things you both, like, care about. I think my favorite thing is that every session has uh, creative people and talent from the shows that that it's covering or the issues that the panel is covering. And it for me, it makes every thing I go to feel special. It, it is so different than any other festival or convention or anything that you can attend because it genuinely seems like the people who are here, panelists, attendees, staff, crew, doesn't matter, like they want to be here. There's like a real sincerity and love with the people who are coming to ATX and the people running it, which I'm sure you know, um, and I really appreciate that. It's been, it's been really just fun. The panels have been super quality, um, and I really appreciate everything that I'm learning and seeing. I would just say if you're thinking about it, you should give it a try. I've always come by myself and I think it's really easy to meet other people and we all love TV. You can always just talk about what you've seen, what you love, and it's very easy to make friends and have a great time. I have formed just over the last three days this sense of connection with television that I think I had lost. So basically what was lost is now refound in renewed my love and connectivity with television as a whole and I want to go back to work now and like dedicate more of my time specifically to the work that I do in television. The TV karaoke one might be really fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking like I I only really know like the Family Matters theme song by heart. (laughs) So... Um, I was really excited about the Veronica Mars reunion this morning where they were talking about the new reboot. And I'd kind of like to see the, um, the Roswell panel tomorrow where they're talking about that show. I really enjoyed that one. Well, we initially came for Everyone is Doing Great um, on Sunday. And then we've been super awesomely excited to see every panel that we've been to. The Greek reunion was our number two. Like, that was phenomenal. And what is the other one? Um, uh, grief and Loss. Yes. 
And that was one that we not, weren't necessarily into, but they told, encouraged us on the, at the welcome panel to try new things. So we're really excited so about far, that. so far, it's been great yeah. to try new things. Like even the shows that we've never seen before. We went to um, the league last night and we've never, we had never heard of the show before we came here. Now and we're going to it. <laughs> it was absolutely hilarious. It didn't matter that we hadn't seen a single scene. It was phenomenal. Every maniac in every state and city I've ever been with Jason, they, some true maniac is like, I'm Rafi! <laughs> I want to hug you! Oh. There are and, like five people here tonight that are like, I'm you, oh, dude! Yeah. No! And what people don't understand is like, Jason is a, is a deep germaphobe. <laughs> I don't want to touch any of you people. Yeah. <laughs> For real. So it's a great joy to watch him play a monster and then around the world get approached by monsters thinking they have found their I'm the, lighthouse. I'm the, person, I'm the person that the grossest guy in the bar is like, I'm going to make him smell my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> they want to impress you. So we really want to thank everyone that attended uh, season eight of ATX Festival. It was, uh, I mean, the word that I keep using, it was a magical group of people. And uh, we truly believe everyone that comes has something to offer to the festival community. And we hope that you got something magical out of it as well. It just was a truly special group of people this year, and that's from attendees to panelists to press to sponsors to volunteers to our staff. And we also know <laughs> that you can't attend everything because there are multiple things happening at once, and we don't have time turners. But for those of you that really wanted to see something or experience something that you couldn't go to, we are releasing Almost every panel, there are a few that we can't for legal reasons, but almost every panel and a lot of our Q&As on this podcast throughout the next few months. So make sure that you're subscribed and you can either re-listen to something you were present for or get to hear the thing that you had to have missed because you were listening to something else. Or you weren't even at the festival and you've been following along and you want to know what happened. And between now and season nine, you should just be listening to all of those and watching a lot of television and then telling us on social media what you hope we program. I know. Definitely you should be watching as much TV as possible and telling us what you're really loving so that we can start asking for it. Obviously, it's, it's, grow it's getting a lot of traction. We're paying a lot more attention to mental illness and dealing with it in a variety of different ways on TV. Um, but for each of you, uh, do you remember kind of the first time you noticed somebody talking about it kind of openly and honestly on TV and what your reaction was to it? I mean, I think I remember a time when there used to be, sh when shows would have a very special episode, right? Um, and that they would tackle something, you know, specific. And what I think is nice now is that you no longer have that. Every episode can be its own sort of very special episode. And you don't have to be like, oh, this is this episode that's going to be about this now. And, you know, it suddenly takes a totally different shift in tone. But uh, that we've kind of driven away from that model, I think, is kind of great. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I have these vague memories when I was a kid watching MASH reruns. And there seemed to be a lot of, maybe not as direct and open, but certainly hitting on what 
is clearly going to be a lot of PTSD and a lot of the traumas of war in a, in a sitcom setting. That, as a little kid to me, was absolutely fucking baffling and mind-blowing. I was like, I, you know, I thought this was like a funny ha-ha show. And, um, and, but to see them sort of take those things on was really remarkable. When he told me that I was on his board of Rue, I was like, bullshit, Sam. There's, not, there's nothing you watched in my career up until this point that said, ah, that girl, she's got, she's got what it takes to play me, you know, and this, she can deliver the performance I need. Right? So I was just grateful that he somehow saw through, he saw something in me and believed in me in that way. And I was terrified the first day on set. I keep it chill. I always stay chill. I'm terrified right now, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I never, I never let it show. And, uh, but I was terrified and he always reminded me every day on set. He said, Z, you're good. I'm not worried about you. You're good. And that sense of, I think, connection. And I just, I think, um, trust that he had in me that I didn't even have in myself yet, I appreciated and it allowed me to open up and not be so afraid and know that I could do it because I've been doubting myself for a long time, particularly when you feel stagnant in your career and there's a lot of people doubting that you can do it, you doubt yourself. You're like, shit, can I do it? I don't know. But he never once thought that I couldn't do it. Um, so I'm grateful to Sam for being open with his life and with his art and allowing me to be inside of his brain a little bit and share a little bit of that with the world, you know? So it's uh, still very fresh, but, but uh, thank you, man. Can't tell you how much this show means to me, so I'm so grateful that you all were here. And I know that, Rob, you have some news that you would like to share. Oh, um, <laughs> okay, the... Um, First three seasons of Veronica Mars become av all available on Hulu on July 1st. July 1st, man. July 1st. All the episodes. Watch it again. Let them know we're a hit and they need to order more seasons. Did you take anything from the set? Anything that was Claire's? Anything from any set empire? Did you take anything from This Is Us? You got to return that because we can do it all day. What did you take? I took nothing from This Is okay. Us. I was given. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> from. Um, mm, did you take anything from the Cosby Show set? Well, I had to wait to the end to get it. Uh -huh. I had my sights on it a whole eight can years. Can I guess? Yeah. Can I guess? Yeah. Is it the painting? I have that too. You have that too? <laughs> Love it. <laughs> but there was something else. Okay, what is it? The cookie jar. Oh! What? The, the cookie, cookie jar? jar that was in the kitchen the whole time and sat right there on the Why? counter. Why? What did that Because it was that? home. The mm. cookie jar, you know, it's kids, you get that thing for years, kids are coming and going, and everybody has touched it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody has touched it, and it's just like, when I look at it, I remember that kitchen, and kitchen is like the heart of a home, and it's just, yeah, I got the cookie jar. Well, we got the prize today, didn't we? Can we give it up? Mr. Rashad. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> 
This special edition of the TV Campfire was produced by Caitlin McFarland, Emily Gibson, AJ Myers, and our audio partners, Five Ohm Productions. Visit them at fiveohm.com if you are in need of the people, expertise, and equipment that can turn your project or event into a one-of-a-kind experience. Go to atxfestival.com for details on this and our other audio projects. Be sure to follow our journey on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ATX Festival and subscribe to our newsletter and this podcast for up-to-date details on what's happening next. I want to do, it's why we're trying to produce content and make a podcast and diversify is... And having music play over a moment is so much more powerful than hearing... So you're only really Cuban if you come from a certain part of the world? It's Come crazy. on, it, it becomes bigger than, this sounds like very so vague, it becomes bigger than the one thing.